I had an entire episode that I recorded yesterday, uploaded it, called myself finished, and then it just didn't feel right. I listened to it and I thought, this isn't even what I really wanted to say. So I was like, no, 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 it's done. You're just being overly critical. And it just kept eating away at me. So like three hours went by. I think two people listened to it and I took it down. I don't know who you are. Could be my mom and two others. I don't know. But I really thought about it. I want to say something else. And what I really want to say, I'm going to say tonight. And I think it's something that we can all kind of relate to. It has to do with friendships and what it's like to have friendships once you're like out of high school and out of college and beyond. And we definitely can relate to this. I promise you. I'm going to tell you a little story. Welcome to another episode of Big Time Small Talk. Let's get into it. So as I said in the intro, I had this whole episode and I don't even know, (laughs) I was going to say what it was about, but I feel like it was just negative. And this show, as much as I may get riled up about certain topics like politics and Donald Trump, I try to at least live in a positive space and try to give out positive vibes and kumbaya and, you know, learn lessons and share my experiences. And hopefully, honestly, sometimes I learn as I'm talking to you guys. I'm like, wow, now that I think about that, I'm saying that myself, I'm learning from this. So this is a group experience. You know, I am by no means an expert. I have just lived on this earth for many, many years, and I um, like to talk. <laughs> so, um, and when I thought about doing the episode yesterday, it really started because of a situation that's happening with a friendship of mine. And I want to tell you the story about kind of what jogged not my memory, but just the idea of talking about this friendship. I want to tell you about that in just a second. But I was thinking back to remember when, and it's interesting because I look at the analytics of this show and the majority of people who listen are between the ages of 23 and 34. And then I think 40 five and 60. So there's this big gap, you know, it's like people who are like 35 to 45, I don't know, somewhere in there, just apparently aren't that interested in this show. But um, I was thinking about how when you are in high school, and even all the way back, your whole life in the United States and everywhere, I guess, in most places where you go to school with the same age people, depending on how big or small your town is that you live in, you have dozens and dozens of people sort of as 
access to be your friends. You have access to them, I should say. And then you you kind of get used to it. It's that's how it is. From the minute you're in, you know, preschool or kindergarten, everybody is your age. And plus or minus a few months, or maybe plus or minus a year. And it's so funny how when you're in like third or fourth grade, it's like, ew. I don't want anything to do with someone who's in second or third grade. Or when you're in high school, it's like, you know, you're a senior or junior and it's like, oh God, they're a freshman. And then when you graduate, it's like, <laughs> who cares? It's a person who's one to two years younger than me or a couple years older. But basically we all grow up having this great opportunity to build friend groups, you know, your cliques, your dudes, your chicks, your gals, you know, um, your squad, as the kids say today, your squad, right? The people you hang out with. And they're generally your age. And it's kind of easy. And yes, being a teenager can suck in many ways, of course. But you always have access to making friends your same age. And then when you go to college, you tend to make friends a little bit older, a little bit younger, and your age. And then you graduate and you're out in the workforce, or even if you don't go to college, if you just graduate from high school um, and you're out in the workforce, you start to realize that that comes to a screeching halt. No other time in your life will you just be around people your age. Now, I know that when I um, worked in professional offices or you know, back in my acting days on movie sets or whatever, and I worked in talk radio, they were, it's kind of skewed younger. Specifically when I waited tables, I would have a lot of people around my age, but many were older, but it was still kind of like plus or minus, you know, two to six years. So that becomes your squad and your group. But as you get older, and you work in different jobs, you come and go, maybe you quit, maybe you get fired, maybe you move, and your focus becomes on your family or your kids or just trying to make it in the world. And even now with COVID, it's really hard to make good, long lasting friendships, at least in my experience. And I have friends that, I mean, I have a friend that I used to play with when we were six years old, seven years old. Our friends were parents and uh, our parents, our parents were friends. And so it's kind of like we're the next generation, which I think is a really cool experience to have parents who are friends, like childhood friends. My dad was friends with her dad and now we're friends. And that's really cool because we feel, I feel like she's my cousin because I've known her so long, even though we live on opposite sides of the country. And there was a big gap when I really didn't see her, but we kind of picked up where we left off and, you know, we visit each other and it's just, it's a great friendship, but we certainly don't talk every day. But in general, I do have friends that I've known for a long time from high school and college, and then you have your Facebook friends, but I'm talking about really close, you can trust them, you know, when you're upset, you know, you can text them or call them and they will listen and they will support you and they won't give you that sort of BS answer that people call themselves your friends that are like, oh, you know, a little frowny face emoji. Sorry, babe, hang in there. Keep, 
keep a positive attitude or some some platitude, right? Something where they're just, they really don't want to hear you. And if you call them, they may or may not call back. I'm not talking about those friendships. I'm talking about the the ride or die, the ones that you have this great shared history. And of course, you can't get a history unless you, you know, are friends with this person over a long period of time. But what I noticed in my late 20s and 30s and 40s and beyond, I, let's see, the thing that has been a constant is that people are coming and going out of my life. And yes, I have that core group that is pretty much staying with me, you know, and I'm staying with them. But I think about different friendships where it's been so much work and you put in all this blood, sweat, and tears, right? And it still doesn't work. I remember I had this one friend when I was living in Los Angeles and I met him in my, I think I met him in my late 20s and he was gay and I'm obviously not, but I was single and we just clicked. And it's I, I've had gay male friends pretty much <laughs> in high school back in my day, you couldn't be out. So it was just, it was like this unspoken thing. Like you kind of guessed that some guys were gay, but you wouldn't be surprised if you saw them dating a girl because no one was out. It was like a deep, dark secret, which I'm glad, hopefully, it's not as much like that. I talk to my stepkids, and they tell me it's they have gay friends, and they have bi friends, and transgender. They have everything, and it's just out, and it's not that big of a deal, which is awesome. But back in my day, it was like, shh, gay? Well, no, not me. So I had this gay friend in my late 20s, and he and I just clicked. I mean, we just had so much fun, and he would do this thing where I would be thinking, oh, we should hang out this weekend. Maybe I heard about something or a movie that I wanted to see or an activity that I wanted to do on, say, Friday night. And so I would talk to him on Monday and say, hey, do you want to do blah, 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 movie, whatever on Friday night? And he would say, that sounds really cool. You know what? Call me later in the week and let's figure out the details. And I'd be like, okay. And so then Tuesday would come and then Wednesday. And I'm thinking, when exactly is later in the week? When are we? I, I like to plan. I do and can do things that are spontaneous, but when exactly is later in the week if we're trying to do something on Friday? So does that mean Thursday? So we'd be chit-chatting on Wednesday maybe about whatever because we lived pretty close to each other and sometimes we'd just hang out or go hiking. And I'd be like, oh, you know, have you thought any more? Do you want to do the movie on Friday? And he's like, yeah, let's talk at the end of the week. <laughs> like, okay. I'm like, well, when? He's like, you know what, Monday or uh, Friday, you know, Friday after school, because he was a teacher and he would get off at noon. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then next thing you know, Friday morning would be coming around and he would, gosh, I'm trying to think early on. I don't even think this was, this was before, yeah, before cell phones. So there was no texting me, but he would leave me a message and be like, hey, sorry, I can't see that movie. I'm going to go do such and such with so-and-so. It was all very last minute. 
we should definitely do that next weekend. And so even though I was, quote, first in line, kind of, I asked him on Monday, we kind of talked on Wednesday, then Thursday, whatever, and now it's Friday and he's got other plans. Now, if you do that once or twice, maybe it's like stuff happens. Like, But it basically became if something better came along, he was going to do that. And it wasn't like he was actively thinking, well, I don't want to do anything with Jody. It was more like he wanted to live by a whim. He didn't want to plan anything. He didn't want to coordinate anything. He just wanted to decide the day of. And he was a little like ADD and he would say that even. So by the time Friday came, somebody else was like, hey, you know, why don't we go see this concert? I've got an extra ticket. Oh, absolutely. And just would forget that Jody was going to do something with him. And so then, you know, a few weeks would pass, our schedules wouldn't mix up or whatever, it wouldn't coincide. And then I would be like, hey, you know, we should get together on Saturday. And the same thing would happen. Let's talk at the end of the week. And I'm just like, okay, what is this? And in between there, we would hang out and maybe do things, again, always spur of the moment. And it was never, ever anything I could plan with him. It would be, hey, you want to come over? Or, hey, you want to do something? So we definitely hung out. He wasn't trying to blow me off. But it was a regular occurrence that he would make plans, you know, if something better came along. And that wasn't plans with me. And it started to get hurtful. And I remember one time we went to dinner. We went to a place called The Daily Grill in, um, I think it was like on the edge of Beverly Hills, this really cute diner. And I I don't even think it's still there. It was overpriced, but the food was good. It may still be there. And uh, we were talking and chit-chatting and I said, you know, I just have to tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset. This has really sort of hurt my feelings. It makes me feel like, and I explained the whole thing. And we're both sitting there like, with a lump in our throat. And he's like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to make you feel that way. I'm so sorry. I love you. You mean everything. I see you like you're my sister. You know, I just, I I never, I just, I'm so ADD. I, I, I never even thought about it. I'm so sorry. Like he profusely apologized and then proceeded to do the same thing in the next coming weeks and months. And I was just like, this was a friend for a couple years and I, I couldn't really take it anymore because I like people who do what they say they're going to do and say what they're going to do. Now, granted, again, I don't have to plan everything, but maybe some things I need to know that you're going to show up for me. And in many cases, not just the example that I gave, he didn't. And as time went on, I just sort of let that friendship go because I, you know, there's a saying that's like never, oh my gosh, I always mess up my sayings when I listen back to the show. I'm like, what? You don't know that one? Never make someone a priority who makes you an option. Let me say that again. Never make someone a priority who makes you an option. And that's what I felt like with him. I was an option of many of his friends that he could choose from. And sometimes he would choose me and sometimes he didn't. And he was always a priority. I had other friends. I didn't expect for him to hang out with me every single night of the week, 
but I wanted that reciprocal priority treatment. And even if there was something tragic that happened, I remember during 9-11, and I, I, I have an episode that if you haven't listened to it, it's sort of dedicated to the person I lost on September 11th on, in the World Trade Center. And obviously that was a horrific day for everyone, but when it's not just something that happened on TV, when it's a place that you've been, a city you've lived in, a state you were born in, and you knew somebody in the World Trade Center who I didn't know if he was dead or alive. It was a good chance he was dead, but we were hoping he was alive. And if you haven't listened to that episode, unfortunately, he did perish on that day. And I'm a wreck. And that friend just wanted to talk about, oh my gosh, you won't believe where I was when I heard. And that's not the kind of friend I needed. And it got me thinking, you know, just last night when I was thinking about the episode that I had recorded about over my lifetime, the different friendships that have come and gone. There's that other say, saying that friends are in your, your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And I used to live by that and go, yes, yes, that's so true. And nowadays I'm like, but what exactly is the difference between a reason and a season? Because I look back at this guy, his name was Gary. And I'm like, it was a season, but I learned something. So it was kind of a reason. So I don't know. Like I learned something from every friendship. So I always feel like that was valuable. So there's a reason, you know what I mean? Like, how do you decide? But it wasn't a lifetime. And as I've progressed in my life and gotten older and, you know, when you're in your thirties, at least again, living in Los Angeles, maybe since it's a totally, you know, different kind of a place. I mean, it is more, I think more, it is more everyday normal in many ways than people would think it is if you've never lived there, but it is also as superficial and phony baloney as you might think it is as well. It's kind of a weird dichotomy. You can find regular people doing regular things, but then you just walk down the street and there's celebrities and everybody's an actor and everybody's trying to do something that's in show business. And, you know, so, but everyone was trying to do something. Some people were going back to school. Some people were, like I said, acting and multiple jobs. And so scheduling is weird. And then some people are starting to get married. So you're like married, like, I, I, you don't know what it's like to have a married friend. It's a new thing. And then maybe some are starting to have babies and it's like, oh, well, I'm still going to karaoke on Friday night and you're looking for the pacifier. So it becomes this whole thing. And then as you get older, you realize that some of the friends that you had when you were a teenager in your 20s, they start to fade away. And then you have new friends and then some of those come and go. And what I realized that I wanted to talk about today was about a friendship that I've had for, gosh, 12 years, I think. And there's been a shift in the friendship. And it's kind of breaking my heart a little bit, to be honest with you. And the thing is, what's great is the person doesn't listen to the show, mostly because they don't share my political views. It's they extremely are to the other side. And I, because of that, you know, she's just not interested. And I, I suppose there's a chance that she could click on the odd episode, but I don't think so. 
And um, the shift that has happened in the friendship has been something that I have been struggling with. And when you have that history with your friendships, at least for me, I can't just kick her to the curb because I have such a small family, by the way, like most of my relatives are dead. My mom is alive and I have some distant cousins that are, one of my cousins is 97 and another one is 103. Is she 102 or 103? I think she, I can't remember, but 102, 103. That's insane. And, you know, so, but I don't have any close young relatives. Both my mom and dad didn't have um, brothers or sisters, so I didn't have uncles or aunts, you know. So long story short, my friends become family for me. And a lot of times I refer to some of my friends like my my friend Sean, he's my brother from another mother, you know, or my sis from another miss. And so it's, they mean so much to me. And when there's a problem, it really affects me. It's not like, well, you know, that's friends, that's how it is. It's, they're my family. So I want to share with you what the struggle has been. And I'm curious if you guys have had anything happen like this, because it's pretty topical and it's very timely. So I'm going to tell you this story coming up after the break. Stay with me. Okay. Now, when I think about the friendship that I want to tell you guys about, it's like my heart bursts because this friend has been so supportive of me in ways that many friends are not. There's never been jealousy because with girls, there's a lot of times there's jealousy and, or someone's intimidated or whatever. Look, we all have moments of feeling a little envious. That's just normal. It's just how much of it, right? And with her, she is like a sister to me in many ways. We don't live in the same state. And that's another thing. The majority of my friends, my really close ride or dies, don't live in the same state with me, which makes it difficult, but it, it shows the commitment to the friendship because it's easier to, well, again, pre-COVID, it's easier to stay friends with somebody who's close by. But when you're in different time zones and you have to schedule phone calls because everyone's busy or traveling or working or kids or whatever, you know that that person does care about the friendship because it would be very easy to just whew, let it go. I've had those friendships. I'm sure you have. I'm sure all of us have because somebody moves away, changes jobs. They just fade away or poof, up in smoke. Friendship, friendships take work. You know, two people have to be committed to it. Sometimes I've had friends that I'm like, wow, okay, I kind of like them, but they seem to really like me. Maybe I'll put in the work. And a lot of times those friendships last a little bit and then they kind of fade away too. It's got to be two people who really, in some way, enjoy each other's company and, and are willing to put in the time and the energy. Because so many people I meet now, they're not really that interested in having friends. They have their family. They have their friends that they knew from years ago, and they're good. And I want to talk about that coming up too. So the big thing 
And before I get into this whole story, and it's not even that long of a story with, with this friendship, I do want to say, if you like the program, I have to say this every episode, if you like the program, please click subscribe. And if you can, click five stars, leave a review, whatever it is that is available and wherever you're listening. And if you can, share the show with just one person. Share it with a friend, family member, or a foe. Friend, family, or foe, please share the show. Which I'm always thinking, do people even know that I'm sort of joking about share it with a foe? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, yes, if you have somebody that you really don't like and you think that they are receptive to your podcast listening selections, hey, have at it. But I, I say that in, in jest. If it's possible, that would be awesome. But it is very difficult to, to grow a podcast, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for continuing to click. We did add a new country. I'm keeping track of the countries that listen to the show. We added Colombia. Gracias, mi amigas y ami amigas y amigos, por la, uh, let's see, what is the word for es, uh, escuchando la, el, el o la podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Gracias, gracias, gracias. Uh, me habla un poquito español, nada mucho. Uh, estudiante español en escuela en mucho, many, uh, más años. So I studied Spanish in school for many years, and that's the best of it. I can speak un poquito, but not a mucho, not much, a little, but not much. So that's my Spanish for right now. But thank you so much for anybody who's tuned in from Colombia. I'm really excited to add a 14th country where this show is listened to. So please click subscribe. Please rate the show. Some apps don't allow that. Drop a review. If you want to follow the show and get updates, follow me on Instagram at Jody Rollins, which is my name, J-O-D-I-R-O-L-L-I-N-S. It's right there in your app. Or if you have questions, comments, concerns, or niceties, you can always write the show at bigtimesmalltalkpodcast at gmail.com. So that's all the business. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in wherever and whenever you tune in. So here's the story with the friend. I have known her, like I said, for 12 years. She was in, I mean, I anything that I've done, she's been supportive of. Like She's like my own personal cheerleader. Everyone should have a friend like this. But the problem is we don't share political views. And I don't share political views with many people. I mean, most of my friends lean towards the left or center, right? Or just left of center or just right of center. And that's, it is what it is. But lately, where there's been these extreme views, and I promised myself I'm not going to get into the political stuff today because I'm just so tired of it. But just to tell the story, and then we're going to dip in and dip out of this. You know, she believes that the election was stolen. It wasn't. You know, she believes in all these conspiracy theories that are not true. And she believes just all these things that I don't even want to get into because I don't want to have conspiracy theory fights with people. Don't at me if you believe them. You know, it's just not my thing. You can do your thing. 
And we've agreed, this friend and I, to not talk about political stuff. And that's okay, even though for me it's very difficult because it's such a huge part of my life. I talk about politics on this show. I post a little tiny bit on my Instagram, more on Twitter because it's sort of that place, but I try to steer away from it on Instagram. But when the election happened, I was jubilant and I wanted to share that. And um, so, and it's in my heart. I mean, I, I love politics. I pay close attention. I consider myself educated when it comes to politics on both sides because I like to choose country over party when I vote, party second, country first. And so it's a big part of who I am in a way. And so to cut that part of me out of our relationship is difficult, but I can do it and I do it but she has started like dropping little things. She's posting things on social media. Like I'm done. I'm done posting about politics on Instagram. It was during the election, a big celebratory day for those of us who voted for Joe Biden. It was a beautiful thing. And now it's it. It's over because there are many people who are miserable and upset, like reasonable, decent people who don't believe in conspiracy theories who just wanted Trump to win. And I don't want to stick a poker in their eye. I don't want them to feel terrible or any more worse than they already any I don't want them to feel worse than they already do because I know what it was like in 2016 when Donald Trump won and all these Trump supporters were like get over it and it's funny now I would never say that I would never say that let them have their time people have to accept whatever any kind of loss in the time it takes for them to accept it. So I don't fault them. I fault the racist fringe people who just voted for Trump because they're happy he's a white guy and, and doesn't really fight too hard against um, discrimination and he's divisive and has no, you know, we, whatever. Again, I said I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I was on my way. So my friend is obviously not a racist. I don't believe she is. We're friends. I'm black. She's white. And she's been nothing but supportive of me. But she started to post all these things on social media. And I'm just like, you know that your friends don't share this, all these views. And I'm not the only one. She's told me many of her friends are more on my side. And it's almost like these little digs. And then when we're texting back and forth, she'll throw in a little piece of a conspiracy theory. And I'm just like, I don't say anything political to anyone who doesn't want me to. Nothing. And it just feels like, how am I supposed to continue on with a friendship? It's almost like this little cancer thing that's in our friendship and it's slowly progressing because there was a little bit of disagreement with politics many years ago and little things and conspiracy theories. And then it's gotten to be a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. It's like at first she would drip, drip, drip here and there, and then it began to seep, and now it's like it's sort of gushing. And I feel like I have to be careful what I say, and I have to be prepared to have a conversation on the phone because I'm, I need to make sure that we don't talk about COVID, which is a huge part of our lives, right? I mean, maybe if you're lucky, it's not. You're just like, whatever. I just wear my mask and I get on with my day, but it's affected my business. 
I mean, it's affected my friends and their businesses, friends' jobs, friends' lives. I just lost two people, not, not me personally, but a lady that I knew from church died just a few days ago on Saturday of COVID. And another gentleman that my husband, one of his employees, he died this morning of COVID. Two people, the, the gentleman that died, otherwise healthy, definitely older. And the lady who died did have some health ailments, but they were, she was probably going to keep living if it weren't for COVID, right? Asthma. And so it's a huge part of my life watching my kids, my stepkids not get to play the sports that they wanted to play. My stepson was the center for the football team. It's his senior year. He was finally getting to play his last year as a senior, which is so important for student athletes. And it's gone. He can never get that back. And it's, yes, there's lessons to be learned and there's positive things that came out of COVID. I believe that in my heart of hearts. I sincerely do. But it is such a powerful, emotional time right now. And I can't be arguing with somebody about wearing a mask. I can't. I can't pretend that it doesn't bother me when I think about the fact that I'm working every day not to get this fucking disease. And I'm sorry, I try to keep this show very PG or G or PG-13, but there's no other way to say it. It's a fucking murderous, disgusting disease virus. It is. It's killing people by the thousands every day. And it breaks my heart that I work really hard and my family work really hard to wear a mask, to wash our hands, to put on hand sanitizer, to social distance, to not hang out in large groups with each other, to not do all these things that cause COVID to spread. And then these other people don't wanna wear a mask. And so if they get sick, and they get really sick, and they go to the hospital, I'm now in line behind them if, God forbid, I get sick. I almost feel like if you decide that you don't want to wear a mask, hey, have at it. But then you also need to sign a document that says, I will not go to the hospital and ask for help because I did this shit to myself. How dare you not want to wear a mask? And then when you're sick, You're the first person to go to the doctor or the hospital and talk about how bad it really is. God forbid, seriously, God forbid, you end up incredibly sick and you're on a ventilator and then somebody who worked really, really hard to protect themselves now doesn't get a ventilator because you didn't feel like wearing a mask. And I promise you I'm not steering sideways away from the topic of friendship and only focusing on COVID. It's such a passionate thing for me in the true sense of the word passionate. It, it literally breaks my heart how this country is handling this disease. And now there's a, a what do you call it, a vaccine from three different country, com- companies now. Madeira, I think it is, and Pfizer, and then AstraZeneca. And people are like, I'm not taking that. 
And I understand that fear, but we have to educate ourselves and we can find out that really and truly the way vaccines work is they trick our bodies into fighting off whatever the virus is. It's not going to grow us a third arm. We're not going to get cancer in 10 years. That's just how it works. I understand being fearful and I'm not going to judge anybody that doesn't want to take this, this virus, I'm sorry, this vaccine. But the mask part, it pains me. And so to have a friend that doesn't want to wear a mask and only does it when she has to and thinks that whole, this whole COVID virus is silly and it's a conspiracy theory and it's about government control, how do you be friends with that? I love this girl. She is a good, decent, smart, educated, loving kind, friendly person. I would trust my kids with her. But this conspiracy theory stuff is painful to watch her believe. And it's almost like there's three of us in the friendship now. There's me, there's her, and there's the conspiracy theories. And I have to tiptoe around this third person, this third entity, and be sure that I'm not going to mention COVID because then masks might come up. Can't mention politics because Donald Trump's stolen election might come up. Can't talk about virus. There's so much. And yes, we have plenty of other things to talk about. Her family, my family, life, goals, whatever. But I can't even talk about my podcast because that has a political bend to it as well. So. A huge part of my life is now cut out. And this was a friendship where I could talk to her about everything. So it's hard. Have you guys experienced any, you know, difficulties with the whole political aspects of all of this? Maybe my listeners in foreign countries, you're lucky you haven't because you don't live here, but maybe your own political issues in your countries. A lot of you that are listening right now are in your late 20s and early 30s and some in early, early 20s. You're still like getting used to what politics can mean in your life. You're still getting used to what it's like to have friendships that aren't, you know, just your high school buddies. It is hard. But on the flip side, there's positives in this. And I'm thinking about this as I'm saying it to you all right now. The positive of the crazy conspiracy theory nature of my friendship with this, this girl is that we're still friends. We're doing it. It's freaking hard. I'm sure it's hard for her in some ways. I don't know because we can't talk about it but we're able to keep going. And I think about Gary, that friend from, you know, when I was in my late 20s, who we went through so many hard things and our friendship didn't last. And even though this is new, this sort of new political conspiracy theory stuff has gotten bigger in the friendship that I'm talking about now, my female friend, we've struggled a little bit in the past with this. We're still friends. And I'm a little disappointed, I'm a lot disappointed and I'm a little upset 
that I can't just be open Jody and talk about whatever, because that's what we did before. But I am grateful. And I think that if you if you live your life in a place of gratitude and hope, then it's going to be a better thing. I mean, that's not the most profound way of saying it, but you will be grateful if you live in a place of gratitude. And even though it is difficult to have this friendship right now, I love this girl. I love our friendship. I love her family and children. And I feel lucky to have someone in my life that wants to be in my life, that works hard for my friendship and doesn't just blow me off. You know, you, you know those friends that are like, oh my gosh, I've just been so busy, so busy. I haven't had any time to get back to you. I'm so busy. Look, we're all busy in some way or another at some time or another. It's just a matter if I'm a priority or not. And she makes me a priority. She doesn't lie to me. She doesn't play any games. She's a straight shooter. And so that's what I focus on. The times that I feel upset and disappointed that there is this other thing, the conspiracy theories in our friendship, I try to focus on the positive moments. When she was in my wedding, when she helped me with my bachelorette and my bridal shower and she had all these special details and surprises, like that's the kind of girlfriend you want in your life. Friendships come and go, and they're so hard sometimes, especially now, COVID, all the social things, the new things. I know I met a lot of girlfriends, associates, if you will, not close girlfriends, but from the work that I do, I do very social activities. I um, teach social media workshops and marketing, and I put on um, business events, and I meet a lot of women. And now, this entire year, Essentially, nobody knew. So I guess I try to think to myself, this is a year when I get to focus on my family and myself. My mother and I have been getting along better than ever, which is a true blessing. My husband and I, luckily, we really enjoy each other's company, so COVID hasn't made us want to make a, you know pull our hair out because we're around each other. I, I I love being around the man. I chose wisely. I've had more special, closer time and more um, quality time with my stepkids and quality time with my stepkids that I would not have had if it weren't for COVID. Because they would be going to sports and then this and then running and then we have to do this and practice and pick them up and eat dinner and blah, 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 blah. And it's not the point that I'm trying to make in this episode, but with COVID, there are lessons to be learned. If you're religious or spiritual at all, maybe this is supposed to be happening. Maybe we're supposed to stop and take a breath and reevaluate how we live our lives. I don't think it means that we're supposed to be apart from each other and not be with our friends and loved ones, but I think it is time to prioritize. You will never hear me say 
2020 sucks. Can't wait for it to be over. Oh my gosh, 2020, this is the worst year ever. 2020, 20, you know, all the memes that you see and all the stuff that people say. Yeah, it's got its crappy moments. Don't get me wrong. But we don't know what 2021 is going to be like. Nothing is promised. We don't know if COVID morphs into something else and it can't be stopped with a mask or it doesn't work with a vaccine or you drop dead within, you know, 38 or 42, 72, whatever, 72 hours. You don't know. We don't know. Nothing is promised. So that's why I try to live in that gratitude place. I don't always go there. I don't always stay there. I'm not always there, but it is my focus. And when I think about my friendships that I appreciate and I think about them in a grateful way, I can put up with a lot more. <laughs> I can understand a lot more. I can be a lot more patient, not just with them, but with myself. My husband is my best friend. I am so grateful for him. And that's where we are. That's the, that's the episode that I really wanted to say yesterday, that I didn't say. That I have love for my friend, that it's difficult, but I'm going to be okay. And our friendship is going to be okay. Because I'm a priority for her. And she's a priority for me. If you have friends out there that don't make you a priority, you might want to ask yourself if you should be making them a priority. Friendships, like I mentioned, are like family. They can be everything. Sometimes when our family lets us down, they are everything. That's what I think. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>